It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Broadcasting from coast to coast, city to city, coast to coast. It's time for the Ryan Hickey Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. If it's happening in sports, it's being talked about right here. And here's your host, Ryan Hickey. Good Thursday morning. Welcome into the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is the Ryan Hickey Show, as you just heard, right here with you for the next two hours, exclusively as we always are, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Appreciate you starting your Thursday morning with us. Another gorgeous, sunny Thursday. Spring is in the air. Baseball is back. The Masters start as we speak. It's great. It is great to have some great weather back. It's great to have spring in mid-season form, if you will. And it's great, too, because we have a jam-packed show for you for the next two hours. Coming to you live, as we always are, from the Big Italy Pizzeria Studios, where there's great pizza, hot heroes, and phenomenal dinners. Check out Big Italy Pizzeria in person in Medford, Joe's Pizzeria in Bayshore, or online, wherever you are, at BigItalyPizza.com. Very excited because we have a new segment that's going to debut in about an hour and 20 minutes. The goal is to make it every Thursday, but sometimes if things break, if big news happens, maybe we'll do it on Monday as well. Grinding my gears. Just an open forum, if you will, for myself, but not just myself. Because, you know, I always love including you guys, the listeners, in on the action. Always love hearing your feedback and your thoughts. So I'd love to have you involved as well. And just, you know, whatever is grinding your gears. Some will be sports. Some will be life. Today, for the most part, most of it will be life. Uh, and what I've experienced, at least in the last week, and especially what happened yesterday um, on my commute home, really kind of grinded my gears. So I figured, you know what? Like, well, might as well just talk about it in a loose, fun way. So if you have something that's really irking you, that you want to get off your chest, we are here to listen. We are here to help. So an hour and 20, 10, 20 Eastern from now. We'll do Grinding My Gears. If you can't wait till then, you can comment on Facebook, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can tweet us at WWSRN underscore radio, WWSRN underscore radio. Tweet me directly at Ryan Hickey Show. If you go to Twitter and you happen to stumble upon either the Ryan Hickey Show page or Worldwide Sports Radio Network page, you can find the live stream. You can comment right there on the live stream as well. What is grinding your gears? We will read the responses. Like I said, at, at 1020 Eastern, hopefully we'll do this every Thursday. It'll be a fun little vent sesh, if you will, for uh, to get some of the um, whatever's been bugging us off our, our chest. So hopefully you, you enjoy it. It'll be fun. We'll see how it goes, debuting it an hour and 20 from now at 1020 Eastern. But before that, we have a lot to get into. Overtime rules have been a hot discussion of late because baseball, not only is it back, now a week into the season, they are running back the runner on second base to start Extra innings rule. I liked it last year. I love it this year. A lot of people feel differently. And it had me thinking, like, what is overtime supposed to be? What is the best overtime? So I'll give you my thoughts on that. Quarterback movement, we had a lot of it. After the show happened on Monday, uh, Panthers make the big news. They're trading for Sam Darnold. I'll tell you why I think it's the second best quarterback move of the offseason. And there are four teams. The Patriots, the Broncos, the Lions, and even the Panthers. I'll tell you why the Panthers are in this mix as well. Four teams that have unsure question marks at quarterback, and none are in the top three to, to grab a definite quarterback. I'll tell you, well, what should they do? 
because I don't think they can they can move into 2020 with what they got. I'll tell you what they what they can do. We'll do that at 9:40 Eastern. But I do want to start the show here with a big name, with a name I personally thought was going to be on the move this offseason. Didn't end up coming to fruition. And that's Aaron Rodgers. Now, why are we talking about Aaron Rodgers? Now, obviously, look, he's in the spotlight um, for two reasons. One, Jeopardy is the guest host right now. I haven't really got to see much because um, I'm working during that time outside of just some clips on, on Twitter. Hopefully, he's been killing it. I think, actually, he'd be a really good fit to take over Alec Trebek's role full-time. So, we'll see how it goes. But, obviously, he's in the news now because he is in week number one of a two-week Jeopardy tryout. So, that's obviously the one thing, the fun thing that Aaron Rodgers is in the news for. But, also, there's something else going on here. There's something fishy going on in Green Bay. Because when you look at the Packers, obviously, as we know, back-to-back NFC title games the last two years, they've fallen short two years ago to the 49ers, last year to the Buccaneers. Something fishy is going on because they are a team that, as we know, is on the cusp, is right there one or two pieces away from getting over the hump, getting to a Super Bowl, and possibly winning a Super Bowl. But with that said, they are a team that, because they have a lot of high-priced players, they don't have a lot of cap space. But in doing so, and in saying that, they haven't restructured the contract of one of the highest-paid players, actually the highest-paid player on their team, for 2021. Something fishy is going on. Because again, the Packers have the fifth-fewest salary cap space in the NFL. And obviously, as we know, because of the pandemic, the salary cap number dropped. It usually goes up, 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 uh, and up every year. This year, it's dropped. So now teams are scrambling. Teams are trying to save money. And by doing so, they have restructured contracts with some of the highest paid players in the league. For example, Tom Brady in New England and now in Tampa Bay basically has always restructured his deal every single year to take mo- uh, less money this year, push it back to later years, and that way to free up cap space so the Buccaneers, for example, can re-sign basically the entire team and run their 2020 team back in 2021. Patrick Mahomes, as we know, fresh off of that insane, monstrous $450 million contract extension he signed last year. He restructured for the Chiefs to give them some flexibility and open up some cap space here on the short term. So that way, when the cap goes, does go, or at least this year, they have some flexibility to sign players. And obviously, when the cap goes up next year and in years beyond, they'll be okay. But the Packers have not done that with Aaron Rodgers. And so far, they're paying the price because they did resign Aaron Jones, which is, to me, a big surprise. Did not see that coming. But they haven't really added to their team. They lost their center. Corey Lindsley was an important part of that offensive line. They, he went to the Chargers. Couldn't afford to keep him. So one or two things are true when you kind of look at what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and why his contract hasn't been restructured compared to Tom Brady, to Patrick Holmes, to a lot of other big-name quarterbacks that have done so in order to free up cap space here in 2021. One or two things are happening. Either the Packers are the ones that aren't willing to restructure the deal, because usually what happens when you restructure a deal, you take less, right? Obviously, your, your salary goes down in 2021, but it doesn't go away. They take that money and push it into further, further year, or future years, I should say. So they'll take the money from 2021 and guarantee it, but in doing so, they can spread that over, let's say, two or three years. So if you're making $20 million this year, Let's say you could take $15 million off, and they can pay you an extra $5 million, 2021, 2022, 2023. They can pass it down. Well, either the Packers aren't restructuring because they don't want to basically increase Aaron Rodgers' dead cap hit in the future and make it harder to get rid of him, let's say, in a year or two, to where maybe they'll take a, you know, they'll take a cap hit this year in 2021, 
and then hope to move on and put Jordan Love in in 2022 and beyond and not have a massive cap hit because Aaron Rodgers went elsewhere. Or Aaron Rodgers is, is the one rejecting the Packers' claims to restructure the deal because he's still upset about Aaron, uh, the Jordan Love pick, excuse me, and he's trying to angle for his exit. So one of the two things are happening. But either way, whether it's the Packers not doing it, whether it's Aaron Rodgers that's hesitant in doing it, this to me spells out that 2021 is going to be the last year of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. We sat here last year, right around this time, when the Packers shocked everyone, trading up the first round to draft, uh, to draft Jordan Love. I said, two years at max. And honestly, after the NFC title game and the way Aaron Rodgers was speaking about his future, I thought he would get traded this year. Now, that seems very unlikely. So now I think that th at this point, 2021 will be Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. And I want to play you a clip here because – he has been doing some media tours, if you will, again, promoting the Jeopardy appearance. And he spoke with his friend, Pat McAfee. And obviously, they talked a lot about Jeopardy, but also Pat McAfee basically asked him about the contract situation, why hasn't a restructure happened. And here's Aaron Rodgers talking about the future of him in Green Bay. My future uh, is, is really, a lot of it's out of my control. Uh, um, you know, that's why I mentioned, you know, using words like, uh, phrase like beautiful mystery, like... Because it is, uh, it is quite uh, uncertain uh, which directions that things are going to go. Um, all I can do is play my best, and I feel like last year I did do that and, and may have thrown a wrench in the sun timelines that may have been thought about or desired. But ultimately, <laughs> um, ultimately, you know, things haven't really changed on that front. So there's a lot there to unpack. There's a lot there to unpack. But... To me, hearing him talk about how basically the Packers at least didn't expect an MVP season from Aaron Rodgers coming in 2020, that great play almost kind of screwed up a timeline that they had in their mind because they figured, well, play Rodgers maybe one, two, three years, move on from, get to Jordan Love, and so on. And now you hear Aaron Rodgers saying, yeah, you know, basically admitting that the Packers weren't really expecting this, their timeline now, maybe my play, my really good play is throwing a wrench into their plans. But again, to me, when you hear about his future, when he, he specifically talks about how it's a beautiful mystery, it's out of his control, he knows and the Packers know this is not tenable. They cannot go on playing chicken, if you will, going year by year. And I think both recognize and both have come to the realization this will be Aaron Rodgers' final year in Green Bay. It makes sense from Rodgers' perspective, it makes sense from the Packers' perspective. Let me explain. So if you're the Packers, right, like we mentioned, you traded up in 2020 in the first round to draft Jordan Love, a quarterback. Well, you can't wait much longer to keep Jordan Love on the sidelines instead of putting him on the field. The clock is ticking, and the Packers can't afford to be that patient when it comes to basically sidelining their first-round quarterback. Now, if you remember, Aaron Rodgers, back in his time when he was drafted back in 05, sat for three years behind Brett Favre before playing. The league is different now, though. The way quarterback salaries are structured, the way quarterbacks are getting money, you can't afford to sit that long because now quarterbacks only get more and more and more expensive. So because Jordan Love was taken in the first round, he had, or the Packers, I should say, have the option of, a, it's called the fifth-year option. They can extend that to where it's more expensive, way more expensive than a, sal uh, than a rookie salary. But it's just for a quarterback, it's less than what Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or potentially Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson 
could make. So it's somewhere in the middle. But you have to extend that fifth-year option after year three. So after three full seasons going into year four is when teams have to decide on that fifth-year option. So if you're the Packers, you have to decide potentially, potentially, before Jordan Love even takes a snap in the NFL, whether you want to extend his fifth-year option. To me, that's you can't do that. So that means that you got to put Jordan Love on the field the latest, absolute latest, 2022. you got to see what you have here. He has been a project. He was labeled a project coming out of Utah State. So he needs development. He needs to sit for a year or two, which he's doing. You can't afford to sit him that much longer. Aaron Rodgers' contract runs parallel to Jordan Love's contract. You can't keep Aaron Rodgers the entire time in Green Bay. You can't sit a first-round quarterback four or five years and then have to make a decision without literally seeing him in any game action. So it makes no sense for the Packers to basically keep Aaron Rodgers on the team and keep their first-round quarterback that they traded up for, that they knew what they were doing when they made the pick. Can't keep him on the bench. you got to see whether he, he has it or not. And to me, you got to give yourself the most runway possible to figure out what you have. Because, again, how many times have we seen bad contracts handed out too early? Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, both of those guys, big extensions, neither of those guys on their team, on the same team that extended them, excuse me. And those both, they both got extensions after year three. So I'm not saying Jordan Love's going to get an extension, but you got to figure out quickly here, is Jordan Love a player or is this guy just an okay quarterback? Can we have a future with him? Or really, does he not pan out? He's too much of a project. We're going to have to go elsewhere. You only find that out by playing him in games. That's why, to me, this is going to be the last year, if you're the Packers, it makes the most sense to have Aaron Rodgers on the team for one more year. That's it. you got to get love on the field. you got to give him at least one year before you exercise the option and at least give yourself two or three years of a runway to see what you got in the quarterback before making a serious decision about a contract extension or not. So that's why, to me, at least from the Packers' perspective, it makes the most sense for them to roll with Aaron Rodgers one more year and then trade him, get rid of him. you got to figure out the future is now. They did it to themselves. They only, only have themselves to blame. And that's why, to me, I think this is going to be Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. From the Packers' perspective, and if you're Aaron Rodgers too, why would you want to stick around in Green Bay? Why would you want to get jerked around and basically go year to year, touch and go and see, oh, is this my last year? Is this my last year? Do they want me back? What's their plans? Think about it. This has been, he's been the guy in Green Bay since 2008. It's been his team, his city. And in that time, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in all of the NFL. He's going to go down as an all-time great quarterback. So let's get this question. Does an all-time great quarterback deserve to basically every single offseason have questions about his future? Does he deserve to have every year potentially being his last? I say no. It's flat-out embarrassing, to be honest, that if you have a team that can't commit to you, that definitely can't say you are part of their plans going forward, to where, sure, he'll be there in 2021, it seems like, then after 2021, the question is going to be, well, what's Aaron Rodgers' future? What about Jordan Love? What have we seen? What are we going to do? And it's the same thing in the offseason where questions are buzzing. And maybe they decide to bring him back again. But again, it's, it's, it's a year-by-year basis. And Aaron Rodgers, at this point in his career, with his play, deserves certainty. And guess what? If the Packers won't give it to him, he deserves to go somewhere else. At this point, I think everyone can see a divorce is coming. 
again, just contractually, it doesn't make any sense that Aaron Rodgers will be able to finish out his career in Green Bay. Because if he does, that means Jordan Love in five years will not see the field. You don't trade up in the first round to draft a quarterback and don't play him ever. It's not going to happen. So a divorce is coming no matter what. No matter if the Packers don't want it, no matter if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want it, a divorce is coming. So if you're Rodgers, wouldn't you rather be the person who breaks up with the other than vice versa, getting the one being broken up with? Again, Rodgers can put on this good front that he's not too bothered by it and all he can control is what he can control and all he's focused on is playing the best football he possibly can. Let's just call a spade a spade here. Aaron Rodgers is still pissed about Jordan Love, the Jordan Love pick from last year. He used that as a chip on his shoulder. I think that was absolutely extra motivation in 2021. And he's not going to forget that. And I think if he has a chance next year to, to really kind of throw a wrench in the Packers' plans, he will. And whether, again, whether it's the Packers forcing him out, Aaron Rodgers forcing his way out, I think this is it. To me, it adds up. The contract restructure, again, is just another clue that either the Packers don't want to commit long-term to Rodgers or Rodgers truly wants to angle his way out of Green Bay, doesn't want to hurt his chances, hurt his leverage, I should say, of trying to get out in Green Bay. So one way or the other, we don't know which side is really the one instigating this or pushing for it. But I think this is really all signs are pointing right now to this being Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. He'll play as a Packer in 2021. Then we'll see the bidding war will start for teams that need quarterbacks, that could still use a guy of Aaron Rodgers' caliber. And as we just saw with Tom Brady, you give a guy who still can play a ton of weapons, go all in on, on him, you can win. And right now the Packers have not gone all in on Aaron Rodgers the last two years. I think he remembers that. He realized that. And again, that just is another little tidbit to add to the fire, to stoke the fire that to me will lead to Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay in 2021. So I'm curious your thoughts. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Will this be Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay, or do you think he'll be around 2022, maybe even 2023? And should Jordan Love be the one that suffers in terms of not being able to get on the field and said he's the one where the Packers are scrambling to get rid of instead of vice versa, where the Packers are scrambling to get rid of Aaron Rodgers? So I'm curious your thoughts. Facebook, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio, at Ryan Hickey Show on Twitter as well as where you can tweet the show. You can find the live stream on the show also on our Twitter handles. You can comment right there. You can comment on the live stream on Facebook. Let's hear your thoughts. How much longer will Aaron Rodgers be in Green Bay? So get your Rodgers thoughts. And speaking of quarterbacks, a quarterback move was made, this time by the Carolina Panthers. They acquire Sam Darnold. I'll explain why we come back. I think this is the second best quarterback move so far of the quarterback carousel in 2021. I'll explain that uh, the reason why. Next, it's the Ryan Hickey Show right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Welcome back Welcome to the back Ryan Hickey Ryan Show. Show. Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back in to the Ryan Hickey Show with you right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Going until 11 a.m. Eastern. Putting the clues together. We are like true detective right now. Few clues sprinkled about the NFL landscape. And going back to when the Packers uh, traded up to draft Jordan Love in the first round. 
Aaron Rodgers then, after the NFC title game loss, speaking about his future, being in a, quote, beautiful mystery. And now, as we see, neither Aaron Rodgers nor the Packers have been able to agree to a contract restructure to free up some money in 2021 to allow the Packers to sign players. We've seen Tom Brady do it. We've seen Patrick Mahomes do it. We have not seen Aaron Rodgers do it. We don't know who is hesitant. We don't know if it's the Rodgers side. We don't know if the Packers side. We don't know. One of the sides is hesitant to do so because, again, if they both wanted to restructure, it would have been done already. Maybe they could have kept their center, Corey Lindsay. Maybe they could have signed another receiver or, again, shored up their team because, again, two years in a row, as we know, they have fallen short in the NFC title game. But it hasn't happened. doesn't look like it will happen. And again, to me, that's just another clue that this is Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. I would be flat out shocked if he's a Packer in 2022. I think the Packers know, I think Aaron Rodgers knows that this is the last year. It's untenable for them to keep this situation going. They got to get Jordan Love on the field. They got to figure out what you have. You can't afford to sit a player you traded up for in the first round to grab and sit him for. It's already been one year. And remember, last year, he was the third string. He didn't even dress for one game. So you got to figure out what you got. So you play Rodgers this year. 2022 comes. Year three. After year three is when you exercise the fifth-year option. Out. You have to figure out, even before you exercise the fifth-year option, what you have with your quarterback. Can Jordan Love be a player? Can he even be good enough to show Flash that he could be a development? Because guess what? Pretty soon that contract is going to come to an end, and pretty soon you're going to have to figure out some sort of contract, either extension, or you're going to figure out maybe we have to go elsewhere. You don't want to be like the Rams with Jared Goff. You don't want to be like the Eagles with Carson Wentz, where they are paying greatly in terms of dead cap money here in 2020 or 2021. Because they gave contract extensions too early to their quarterbacks without fully knowing that they were the guy or not. And as we know, both are off the team. And now the longer the Packers wait, the bigger the question is, the less information you're going to know, the less sure you're going to be of Jordan Love as his career progresses and as you get to the point where a second contract is coming up. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, why would you want to stick around in Green Bay and go year to year? Because that's what it is now. Every single offseason, it's going to be, is Jordan Love now going to be the guy? Are they going to try to transition to Love? Are they going to play him? you got to put him on the field. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, why would you want to stick around in Green Bay? You can't afford to play your contract. I don't think, one, the Packers are going to let you. And two, for a guy who's as well-respected, as talented, coming off an MVP season as he is, wouldn't you want to go to a team that's all in on you, that shows you the respect? Because flat out, and, and frankly, it's embarrassing that the Packers are going year by year with a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in Aaron Rodgers. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I want my damn respect. And you get that, as we saw in Tampa Bay with, with, uh, with Tom Brady. There are plenty of quarterback-needy teams out there that will go all in for Aaron Rodgers to try to give him a chance to win a second ring. You know what they say, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I think for Aaron Rodgers' case, it is. To go to a situation where the team will actually want to put pieces around you to succeed. That's why, to me, the math adds up. 
This is going to be Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. I think next offseason, we will see Rodgers traded, probably not cut, probably traded to a different team, and he'll start his new career in Aaron Rod- uh, and Jordan Love, I should say, will start his new career. So love to hear your thoughts. Facebook, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio, at Ryan Hickey Show on Twitter as well. Do you agree? Do you disagree? How long do you think Aaron, well, Aaron Rodgers, I should say, be in Green Bay? We'll get your thoughts throughout the show. As a reminder, Grinding My Gears, brand new segment debuting in just about an hour or so, 1020 Eastern. I'll tell you what's on my mind. You can tell me what's on your mind. What is really grinding your gears? Sports-wise, non-sports-wise, we'll have a little fun. We'll get a little vent sesh going here. It'll be a, a good time. But I do want to talk about, you know, or I should say, we just talked about a quarterback that could be on the move in Aaron Rodgers. How about we talk about a quarterback that is on the move already? And that's Sam Darnold. The questions, the much maligned career of Sam Darnold in New York is now over. The Jets trade Sam Darnold to the Panthers for essentially a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick between the two years this year and next year. Seeing this move by the Panthers, to me, behind the Matthew Stafford trade for the Rams is the best quarterback move of the offseason. I like it better than the Carson Wentz trade for the Colts. I like it better than the Jameis Winston signing for the Saints. I like it better than the Ryan Fitzpatrick signing or the Andy Dalton signing. I like this move a lot for the Panthers again. I think it's the second best move, only behind Matthew Stafford getting traded to the Rams. Because I think it's a massive win for the Panthers. It's a massive win for Sam Darnold. Here's why, in my mind, it's a massive win for the Panthers. They were able to get a quarterback with the most upside possible at this point in the offseason. Right? Obviously, as we know, does not look like Deshaun Watson is going to get traded for all the legal situations that are going on. And that situation continues to get ugly, playing out in front of our eyes. We'll see how it, how it goes. But as we know, it seems very unlikely right now that Deshaun Watson will be able to get traded. Russell Wilson, for all the speculation, I thought he was going to get traded. Does not look like that's going to happen. So you look at the free agent options. <sighs> Gross. A lot of bad options out there right now. And when you look at where the Panthers were in the draft, sitting at there at number eight, I don't think they, they were able to trade up to number four. because That's where the Falcons are, division rival. I don't think the Falcons are allowing the Panthers to trade up to get their franchise quarterback. So if you're the Panthers, they're at number eight. If quarterbacks do go one, two, three, four, which is the projection right now, we'll see how it plays out on draft night, but that seems to be the way things are going. So if you're sitting there at number eight, and a quarterback is there. It's going to be the fifth quarterback on the board. And I don't really think hitching your wagons, I don't really think your plan being right now, hey, we're going to take the fifth quarterback available, and that's going to be our guy in 2021. That's not a, a viable plan. That's not, that's not a real option. So you look at the options around him. You're going to trade for Jimmy G? The price is way high. Whether you believe the 49ers or not, they're asking for a first-round pick. That's lunacy. You're not going to draft the fifth quarterback in the draft and expect him to be your guy moving forward. Obviously, as we know, the trade market is dried up. Teddy Bridgewater, for all the aggressiveness that you had in trying to acquire basically any quarterback possible, you're not going to run him back in 2021. That's why, to me, Sam Darnold was the best 
option for the Panthers. And they are able to get it. I'm high on Sam Darnold. We'll get to him in a second here. But you know what good teams do? And this is what really good organizations, this is what successful winning teams like the Steelers, like the Saints, these are what these teams do. They take trash from one organization, or I should say quote-unquote trash, bad teams that blame the player for not playing good instead of realizing that, hey, we didn't put him in a situation to succeed. So you take a bad team's quote-unquote trash, and you take him into your organization, put him and give him the resources to have, uh, have success and watch him succeed. Make him your treasure. You know what they say? One man's trash is another, is another man's treasure. The really good teams in the NFL, bargain hunt. They take teams' trash, make it their treasure. You can look at just what the Saints did with Drew Brees. It's very, very possible to turn a bad quarterback around or turn around a quarterback whose situation has hurt him more than his actual play and make him a winning player. Even on a lesser scale than Drew Brees, because obviously that is, you know, talking about rags to riches, the best story in the NFL, if you will, in, in that sense. But even on a lesser scale, how about what the Titans do with Ryan Tannehill? Similar, because Tannehill was in Miami, six years Miami, big sample size, two with Adam Gase. <sighs> yeah, well, exactly, two with Adam Gase. In his Dolphins career, 123 touchdown passes, 75 interceptions. As we know, traded to um, Tennessee, was supposed to be the backup for Marcus Mariota. Two late-round picks is what he was traded for. And as we know, he comes halfway through the 2019 season, becomes the starting quarterback of the Titans, leads them to the playoffs. Excuse me, leads them to the playoffs again in 2020. And so far in one and a half seasons in Tennessee, 55 touchdown passes, 13 interceptions. So cut down significantly on the interceptions. Even just the ratio. But I think that's, that's a good blueprint because, honestly, I think Sam Darnold has more talent as a higher upside than Ryan Tannehill. So if the Titans were able to put Ryan Tannehill in a position to succeed where he is leading them to the playoffs in back-to-back -back years, I think the, the Panthers absolutely have the potential to do so. They could do the same thing but even better, have even better results than what Ryan Tannehill has been. And the worst case, let's just go worst case example or worst case scenario. Because I am, if you listen to the show, I'm a Sam Darnold fan. I think he's really good. Before the Colts traded for Carson Wentz, I really wanted the Colts to get Sam Darnold. But let's just go worst case scenario. Let's truly say that you know, it's not only the Jets' fault. Sam Darnold truly does stink. This guy just can't play. He didn't figure out in New York. He can't figure out in Carolina. Well, guess what? That's not a problem. Because with the contract, with the draft picks, that Carolina gave up, they are in the perfect position to basically pull the ripcord, hit the emergency brake, and get out. Whether it's trading for a new quarterback in 2022, drafting a quarterback in 2022, they didn't give a lot of assets away to get Sam Darnold. The contract is very easily maneuverable. So again, if Sam Darnold flops, if he can't play, 2021 leaves a bad taste in your mouth, similar to the way 2020 did for the Panthers uh, with Teddy Bridgewater. You have the flexibility to get out and get someone else in here for 2022. And guess what? If you were to draft a quarterback at eight, no matter who it was, and they drafted a quarterback at eight, the fifth quarterback potentially out of five in the first round, they don't have the flexibility to where if they stink in the first year, they don't really show you a lot.
If you're underwhelmed, you don't have the flexibility to get out as you were with Sam Darnold. So I love the move for the Panthers because you get a quarterback with the most upside in Sam Darnold available to you. I think he has more upside than any quarterback that would land to them at eight. I think he has more upside than Jimmy G or any quarterback in the free agent market. And right now, with Russell Wilson going nowhere, Deshaun Watson going any, uh, nowhere, you don't have really much of a choice. And two, it's flexible to where if Sam Darnold stinks, you got a way out. You can have 2022 be flexible, and you can go somewhere else in 2022 without the contract or without the player being prohibitive. That's why I love this from Carolina's perspective. And for Sam Darnold, the reason why I love this and the reason why I think he can have true success in Carolina is that he is now finally with a competent organization, a competent offense for the first time since he was at USC. Look at what he'll be working with here in 2021. He'll have Joe Brady as his offensive coordinator. Now, if you remember Joe Brady, the offensive, or I should say the passing game coordinator at LSU, when Joe Burrow had an historic season at LSU. Joe Burrow was someone that, no joke, we would never, ever hear of if he played in 2020 like he did in 2019. He was pedestrian at best. Pedestrian at best. He was okay. I believe coming into the 20... Um, Oh, shit, I think it screwed up the years. If he played in 2019 like he did in 2018, excuse me. But if he, going into that draft or going to the, his senior season in 2019, I believe the projection was a sixth-round draft pick for Joe Burrow. Sixth round. We would never hear about him. He'd be on a practice squad or, or maybe at best be someone's backup quarterback. But in part, and it helped because of Joe Brady and his offensive design, Joe Burrow set the world on fire at LSU. And I think he could do the same thing with Sam Darnold. I truly think he can do what he did at Joe Burrow, obviously on a lesser scale. Sam Darnold's not going to be breaking records in 2020 or 2021. But he can help elevate Sam Darnold's game to a point that we haven't seen before in New York with Todd Bowles or with Adam Gase. So you have a great-minded offensive coordinator who actually could put you in a position to succeed. You have one of the best running backs in all the NFL in Christian McCaffrey. Run the ball, catch the ball in the backfield, a tremendous weapon. You have Robbie Anderson, who... Used to be with the Jets. Now you're reunited. He was your number one option before Robbie left in free agency to go to Carolina. You have DJ Moore, a young wide receiver that's coming up. So for the first time in his career, he has weapons to throw the ball to, a decent offensive line to block for him, and a competent offensive mind to call the plays and know what works. Even in New York, especially in the two years that Adam Gase was there, Dumpster fire, ugly, incompetent, whatever you want to call it offensively. It was ugly to watch. But one or two game, or one or two throws a game, I should say, without doubt, Sam Darnold would make an incredible throw. Now, granted, he had some terrible interceptions. He had some awful reads. Don't get me wrong. But one or two uh, throws a game, he'd roll out, throw across his body, make incredible reads, throw the ball on a dime, fit it into the tightest window possible. He would show flashes of his brilliance. And I think going to Carolina, they can bring that out of him consistently. Not once or twice a game, consistently. I think Sam Donald really has a shot here to turn his career around and be a legitimate quarterback for the Panthers. I think he has a chance here to be the Panthers' franchise quarterback. So that's why I love this trade for Carolina. That's why I love it for the Sam Donald. Total win-win on both sides. I think a lot of success is possible here. 
And in, in a division, mind you, look where the Panthers are. In a division where the Buccaneers, I think you can make the claim they're the best team in the NFL right now. They proved it in 2020 winning the Super Bowl. They are re-signing and bringing back everybody on that team. You think, you know, even Tom Brady can get better in 2021 because now he'll have a full offseason with everyone, get on the same page. They don't have to work through the regular season like they did last year. But Tom Brady, he's 43 years old. I know every year this question is out there, how long will he play for? The fact of the matter is, two, three years? Like, there's not a lot of shelf life left for Tom Brady. The Saints are in transition trying to replace Drew Brees. I like Jameis Winston down there. We'll see if he can actually live up and learn his lesson from Tampa Bay with all the interceptions. The Falcons right now are sort of in a mini rebuild. I'm still not really sure what the direction that they are. They they restructured Matt Ryan's contract, so he's there for essentially two years. I'm not sure if that's the best move. We'll see what they're doing, but they're kind of in flux right now. They're in the middle. The Panthers now have done the rebuild. Now it's about using the assets that they have to draft legitimate players. They are a team that's on the up. A very young roster. Now you put a very young quarterback and Sam Darnold on the team. They have a chance to build continuity in the next one or two years to try to take over the NFC South two or three years from now whenever the Bucks and Tom Brady kind of lose their reign and Tom Brady has to hang it up. So I think there's a legitimate shot here that this will work really well for Carolina and work really well for Sam Darnold. That's why I love, love, love this trade. And I think it's the second best move. Again, only behind Matthew Stafford going to the Rams. Boom, I think right there the second move is Sam Darnold to the Panthers. So I'm curious your thoughts. Can Sam Darnold, can he have success in Carolina? Can he be like Ryan Tannehill, but even better, and have a rebirth of his career down in Carolina? Or are you done with Sam Darnold? Do you think he stinks? He always will stink. This guy has no shot to succeed. Waste for Carolina. So I'm curious your thoughts. Facebook, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio. WWSRN underscore radio. At Ryan Hickey Show as well as you can, is where you can tweet the show. Up to your thoughts. We'll get them. And when we come back, the Carolina Panthers did make a quarterback move. But their GM said basically they're not done. There's three other teams. The Broncos, the Lions, and the Patriots all have questions about their quarterback going into the offseason. Haven't made any moves. Could there still be moves to make for those four teams? I'll explain what they should do next. It is the Ryan Hickey Show right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Welcome back Welcome to the back Ryan Hickey Ryan Show. Hickey Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back in to the Ryan Hickey Show with you right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Half hour from now, 30 minutes exactly. Debut of a brand new segment, Grinding My Gears. I'll tell you what's on my mind. Really kind of happened last night on my commute home. Really grinds my gears, really gets me upset. I'll tell you what's bugging me. I'd love to hear what's bugging you. What is grinding your gears? You can let us know on Facebook, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio, or tweet me directly at Ryan Hickey Show. We'll get, we'll get what's grinding your gears. I'll tell you what's grinding my gears. We'll do that again in a half hour or so from now. But I do want to talk about some NFL quarterback moves, or I should say lack thereof so far. We just talked about Aaron Rodgers' future. I think this is the last year in Green Bay. And we talked about a quarterback that was just on the move, the Carolina Panthers acquiring Sam Darnold. 
So if you remember heading to this offseason, the quarterback carousel was very hyped. It was, it was exciting to see, and we got some big moves. Matthew Stafford going from the Rams, I'm um, sorry, from the Lions to the Rams. Carson Wentz getting traded from the Eagles to the Colts. Some big names on the move. Drew Brees retired. Jameis Winston took that spot. The Bears with a ton of quarterback questions. It seems like they're going to roll with Andy Dalton now in 2021. So despite the fact that the quarterback carousel was very active, more than really we've ever seen before, there are still a few teams that are in need of a quarterback. I'm going to take the Jets, the Jaguars, the 49ers out of it because we know they're going to take a quarterback. But I want to look at four teams right now that don't have a defined plan, don't really have an idea, and also don't really have a lot of wiggle room. What should they do? And those four teams are, in my mind, the Broncos with Drew Locke, the Patriots with Cam Newton, the Lions right now with currently Jared Goff, and the Panthers, who did, who did just trade for Sam Darnold. But the reason why the Panthers are still on this list, their general manager, Scott Fitterer, in his press conference announcing the Sam Darnold trade, said basically, this trade doesn't prohibit us from still drafting a quarterback. And there's a guy at eight that they like, they'll make a move for. So that's why the Panthers are still in here as teams that could make a move and what should they do. So I have a plan for each of these four teams and what they should do. Broncos, Patriots, Lions, Panthers. They have questions. I have answers. So let's go individually here. Let's, go, let's start with the Patriots. As we know, they went on a spending spree. Bill Belichick spent money like it was going out of business. He spent money like he had a feeling cash is going to go out the window and Bitcoin was going to be the new currency. So you know what? Cash is going to be useless soon. Might as well spend it all. I mean, honestly, like he took every single penny that Patriots had and spent it on free agents. So what should they do? Because honestly, if they roll with Cam Newton as their quarterback in 2021, all of those free agent signings, all those acquisitions, all the noise that they made in the offseason, the first week of free agency, is all for now. It is useless. Because Cam Newton, I'm sorry, is just not a good quarterback. He's not a quarterback that's going to get you to the playoffs. And again, all of the signings, the receivers, the defensive players, the offensive players, doesn't do a thing. Now, I don't think the Patriots are making the playoffs with Cam Newton as their starting quarterback. So here's what they should do. I have a plan for him. I have a path. Trade up to number four in the draft. Trade up with the Falcons, swap picks, and get your quarterback at number four. The Panthers, I, I'm sorry, the Falcons have advertised they are open for business at number four. They have Matt Ryan with the quarterback, excuse me, False start there. Um, with the quarterback that they have right now, they restructured his deal. He's going to be there for two years. It's almost impossible to get out of the deal if you're the Falcons for the next year or two. So they have been at least hinting at, hey, we are open for business here. If a team wants to trade up to get a quarterback at number four, we'll listen. Well, obviously, as we know, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars at one. Seemingly looks like it's going to be Zach Wilson going number two to the Jets. A lot of Mac Jones hype at number three to the 49ers. Personally, I believe when I see it, I think the 49ers will take Justin Fields. Either way, if you are the Patriots, you trap to number four because you are guaranteeing yourself either Justin Fields, Mac Jones, or Trey Lance. One of the three. Right? You get one of those three. I think that's a, a great move for the Patriots. I think this is one of the teams that desperately does need to trade up because right now there is no other avenue for them. There's no free agent quarterback that they're going to get to bring in here to lead them to the playoffs. The price on Jimmy G is high. So if I'm the Patriots, I'd rather trade up to get a young quarterback and roll the dice there than trade a first-round pick for Jimmy G and hope he stays healthy. 
I think long-term and short-term, you're better off with a young quarterback. So now if you're the Patriots, you finally have some talent. I don't really, again, I think some of the moves the Patriots made are a little overblown. I'm not really buying into this Patriots hype train that a lot of others were when they made all these different signings. They have more talent for sure on their team than they did at this point last year. That's without a doubt. So at least now if they bring in a young quarterback, whoever it is, that young quarterback at least have some pieces to work with compared to last year when, I mean, it is just a who's who of receivers, tight ends, running backs to hand and throw the ball to. And the Patriots are in a unique position. Because Denver and Carolina, both on this list, I'll get to them in a second here, they both have young rosters, especially on the offensive side. So they are both sort of building their way and trying to build a culture and build something that they can, you know, get growing here in a year or two years or three years. Well, the Patriots, as we know, when they did sign basically everyone under the sun that they possibly could. Well, here's the thing, though. A lot of the players the Patriots signed are short-term fixes. Two-year deals, three-year deals. So to me, because a lot of a majority of the signings are two- or three-year deals, you are trying to open up a window to be competitive again in the next two or three years. That doesn't bode well for taking your time, being patient. Like To me, the Panthers and the, and the Broncos can both be patient because they are building their roster, and if they can't get a quarterback this year, no need to rush it because maybe next year the roster and the team will get even better, and that way they can really try to truly trade for a quarterback, draft a quarterback, and put them in a position to succeed. Uh, to succeed. But they're not desperate because it's not playoffs or bust next year. The Patriots can't afford to be as patient because, again, when it's a two- or three-year window, you wait. If you have Cam Newton as your quarterback in 2021, then you try to – draft someone in 2022 or, or make a big plunge for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or whoever may be out there, Aaron Rodgers. The roster is going to be a ton of roster turnover in the next two or three years. A lot of those deals are going to get you know, expired. As we know, Bill Belichick loves moving out from players a year too early than a year too late. So all this roster upheaval, potentially, I think doesn't really bode well for patients. So to me, the best move for the Patriots, trading up to number four, trying to draft a young quarterback, again, whether it's Mac Jones, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance, get your guy and try to build another decade run of success with that guy as your centerpiece. So to me, it makes the most sense for the Patriots. Trade up, get a quarterback at number four. For the Broncos, my best move for them, my best option for them, roll with Drew Locke for one more year. Like I just said, they have a ton of young offensive talent. They have Cortland Sutton, a very talented receiver. Jerry Judy, despite the drops, I think he'll be a, a very good receiver. He'll come into his own in year number two. Noah Fant, a, a tight end that's still you know developing and getting better. I like some of their other younger receivers, a few Penn State guys. Throw that out there. But their offensive line does need some work. I think you can use the number nine pick. Instead of getting a quarterback, instead of hoping that the fifth quarterback in the draft, if they don't trade up and sit there at number nine, and whoever it is, Mac Jones or Trey Lance, falls to them, Hoping to get lucky. I don't think that's a winning solution. You kind of did that with Drew Locke, and look how it's working out for you. Get an offensive lineman. Secure that offensive line. Make it even better going forward. Build the team first. And if Drew Locke truly can't show you he's not the guy, then next year you make a move. Because right now, to me, at least Drew Locke has the most upside of any quarterback taken, any quarterback that can be acquired by the Broncos this year. Trading up to number four, to me, would be a desperate move. I don't like it. So what the Broncos should do, here's how they should position themselves. Make themselves as marketable as possible. 
Russell Wilson, if he wants out in 2022, if Aaron Rodgers, I believe he's going to want out in 2022. If Deshaun Watson legally is able to figure everything out here to where maybe he won't get traded in 2021, but 2022 he's back on the market and teams are bidding. The Broncos have to make themselves an attractive landing spot, similar to what they did with Peyton Manning in 2012. They had a great team, as we saw there, just missing the quarterback. Do that same formula, because guess what? You went to two Super Bowls in four years, and you won one. That formula works. Build the team up now. So that means to me, at least, with the Broncos picking number nine, take the best player available, take an offensive lineman, build the team up, make it better. Make yourself an attractive landing spot in 2022 for a quarterback that may want to go elsewhere. Or if not, if you're not able to get one of those guys where they go elsewhere, they're traded elsewhere, you can put yourself in a position to where if you trade up, you can insulate the quarterback with uh, some legitimate weapons to have him succeed early on. Now, to me, roll with Drew Locke one more year. Don't get desperate. Don't trade up to number four. Don't try to get lucky. And if a quarterback falls to them at number nine, don't draft him. Go through Lock one more year. Build the team up first. Then worry about the quarterback in 2022. For the Lions, now the Lions are interesting. So number seven, as we know, they made the big Matthew Stafford trade. In return, they got Jared Goff. Now, there's some reports out there that because the Falcons are shopping number four overall pick, the Lions could be in play. There's, a, they, there's reports saying, watch out for the Lions. Keep an eye on the Lions for that number four pick. To me, the Lions should do similar to the Broncos. Just pick the best available player at number seven, whether that's a lineman, whether that's a receiver, whether that's somehow Kyle Pitts if he falls, whether it's Micah Parsons or a defensive back, whatever you got to do. Draft the best player that's there for you at number seven and give Jared Goff a chance to prove himself. Now, I'm not a Jared Goff guy personally. I don't think... He will turn out to be the next franchise quarterback of the Lions. But here's what you don't want to do if you're Detroit. You don't want a Matthew Stafford 2.0, and here's what I mean by that. Remember, they drafted Matthew Stafford, uh, Stafford number one overall, really never gave him a lot of help. They had Megatron, never could really put a defense together, never put a running game together, never got the offensive line in sync. They only made the playoffs three times in Matthew Stafford's career in Detroit. Now, people want to blame Stafford. You can do that. I'm not doing that. I'm blaming more the Lions. I think, to me, it's more of a Lions failure than Matthew Stafford failure. And to me, having a Matthew Stafford 2.0 is drafting a quarterback at number seven, trading up to number four to draft a quarterback. Because again, right now, the Lions don't have enough talent to insulate their young quarterback to put them in a position to succeed. Look at the receivers. Now that Kenny Galladay is left in free agency inside the Giants, look at the receivers. Whoever they draft will be thrown to if they do decide to draft a young quarterback here in 2021. Tyrell Williams... Rashad Perryman, Quintez Cephas. One, two, three. Not only about you, that does not scream success to me. That does not just, uh, scream 4,000-yard passing season from that quarterback. That does not scream Justin Herbert, rookie of the year impact to me. So let Jared Goff play with those guys. Play with those scrubs, to be completely honest. Let him take the lumps. Let him take the bumps. Let him take the bad play. If you can draft a receiver, somehow Jamar Chase falls to you. Maybe you want to get Devontae Smith or maybe you like Jalen Waddle. Get some talent on this team first before you draft a quarterback. Do not, do not, after just trading Matthew Stafford, make the same mistake you did 13 years ago. And I'm not saying drafting Matthew Stafford is a mistake. What I mean by that is 
drafting the quarterback too early, and failing to put players around him. So let Jared Goff take the lumps now. You got a new regime in there, new GM, new head coach. Have a year that's rough. Let the honeymoon period be just a tough year watching Jared Goff, but get some damn talent on this team first, then worry about drafting a quarterback. You got two first-round picks in 2022. You got two first-round picks in 2023 for the Lions. You got ammo, and there's a quarterback next year or in two years that you want to trade up for. You have the ammo to do so. Be patient. Don't throw it all away. Don't throw your leverage away. Don't throw your ability to leverage a trade either for a quarterback or to trade up to get a quarterback. Don't throw that away because you're desperate or you're antsy to get a quarterback here in Detroit with either the number seven pick or trading up to the number four pick. Take the best player available. Let Jared Goff take the lumps now. And finally, again, the Panthers are on this list because Scott Fitterer, after the Sam Darnold trade, said that does not preclude us from taking a quarterback. We will still see what happens. If there's someone there at number eight, we'll, we'll take him. Panthers, same advice I'm giving to the Lions, same advice I'm giving to the Broncos. Don't do it. Don't fall in love with the shiny object. You got a quarterback, someone I truly believe in. I still think there's a ton of talent there. Let's not forget. Because back a few weeks ago, when I put the, not to put the, when I did my take about how I don't think the Jets drafting Zach Wilson is a good idea. I did a lot of reading. I, I went back and just tried, at this point in 2018, when Sam Darnold, when the draft process was going on, what, how was Sam Darnold viewed? And he was viewed as the number one quarterback in the draft. There was a lot of concern. There's a big story written. I apologize who wrote it. I think it was Albert Breer. So I want to give him credit for it. And I can't 100% remember. He wrote a deep dive two months after the Jets drafted Sam Darnold back in 2018. Basically talking to the GM, talking to the head coach. Hey, what were you guys thinking? They thought for sure Sam Darnold was going number one to the Browns. They thought he was the best quarterback by far. They could not believe he was there at number three. It was a home run um, pick for them. So similar to now how Zach Wilson is getting all this hype, all this attention, that's how Sam Darnold was viewed three years ago. And guess what? I don't think it was all fake. I don't think we were all wrong on Sam Darnold. This guy has talent. Give him a chance. So you can talk if you're Scott Fitter about, oh, you know, we'll take whatever quarterback is there. You've got a legitimate talent here. Give him a chance to succeed. Build the roster up. Number eight, take the best player available. Don't care if it's a defensive player, an uh, lineman, a receiver, a tight end, whatever you got to do. Whoever is there that it makes your team better, pick that guy. So because, again, if Sam Darnold does think, if, if I'm wrong and this guy just can't play, he flat out can't play, well, guess what? You can pivot then in 2022. You can then make a decision later on and say, you know what? We tried. This guy's not doing it. We're going to go somewhere else in 2022. Trade for someone, trade up to draft someone, do whatever you got to do. But don't make a trade for Sam Darnold and then all of a sudden try to bring in and draft a young quarterback. It's not going to work. So Panthers, build out the roster. Lions, best player available. Broncos, same thing. Roll with Drew Locke for one more year. Set yourself up to be an attractive landing spot for either a quarterback that's disgruntled in 2022 or trading up to then draft a young quarterback and put him in a position to succeed. If you're the Patriots, to me, the, the best option, the only option they have right now, trading up to number four and drafting a young quarterback. You got to do it. You made all these free agent moves. They'd all be for naught. 
if you roll with Cam Newton as your starter in 2021. So I'll have to hear your thoughts. Who should trade up? The Falcons are advertising that number four is available. Who should be the one to make the move? And should any of these teams I listed, the Panthers, the Lions, the Patriots, or the Broncos, should any of them draft a quarterback here in 2021? We'll get your thoughts. Facebook, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio. At Ryan Hickey Show as well on Twitter is where you can uh, tweet the show. We'll get your thoughts. And when we come back, overtime rules. Which league, what sports league has the best overtime? I'll tell you my answer next. It is the Ryan Hickey Show right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Ryan Hickey Show, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome on back into the Ryan Hickey Show with you right here until 11 a.m. Eastern. Coming to you live, as we always are, from the Big Italy Pizzeria Studios, where there's great pizza, hot heroes, and phenomenal dinners. Check out Big Italy Pizzeria in person in Medford, Joe's Pizzeria in Bayshore, Classic New York Pizza Joint in Bayshore as well, or online, wherever you are, at BigItalyPizza.com. Ten minutes from now, we'll debut a new segment, What is Grinding Your Gears? Well, it's called Grinding My Gears. I messed that up. I'll tell you what's really getting me agitated. Two instances I saw, at least on my commute home within the last week, have just driven me to the point of insanity. I'll tell you what those are. What is Grinding Your Gears? What is getting you upset, frustrated with? We are here to vent. We are here to hear you out, give you a platform to discuss whatever it is. So I'll tell you what's getting stirring my craw. I think, it's, I think that's a phrase. We'll hear what's getting you upset as well. We'll do that in 10 minutes from now. Hopefully have some fun and hopefully make this a, uh, a weekly thing as well. Before we get into that, I do quickly want to kind of dive into, now that baseball is back one week into the season, there's been one, well, a lot of polarizing issues when it comes to baseball. I feel like that's actually the one sport where no one can agree on any, anything, really. Well, actually, the one thing we can agree on is that baseball doesn't really do a lot of things well. But one new rule that baseball implemented that really has been polarizing has been their extra innings rule. They implemented it last year to kind of get games over quicker, and that's as soon as games reach extra innings, we're putting a runner on second base to start the inning. So, boom, top of the 10th inning, runner on second base, no one out. Already kind of getting some, some juice, some energy, some excitement into the game right away you start extra innings. A lot of people, surprisingly, hate this idea. I love it, personally. It had just me thinking, like, when it comes to overtime, extra innings, what, like, which league does it best? I think there are two that have the same idea that, to me, make it the best. That's hockey and baseball. Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, to me, do the, are the two best at overtime and extra inning rules because they add extra excitement to the game in a fair way. right? It's not skewed for one team or another. It's just extra excitement, bing, bang, boom, ton of action right away. And to me, the winner is decided in a fair fashion. So there's no BS. There's no upset that... One team had an advantage. Everyone has the same op- uh, chances to score. I think, it's, to me, it's probably the best. And what do we talk about, too? Outside of football, baseball, basketball, hockey, all three leagues struggle with attention, keeping fans' attention for an entire game. 
keeping, uh, keeping fans' attention for an entire season. And what's a, what's a good way to keep fans engaged in the game, engaged in the season? Adding extra action. That's right. To me, I love baseball's over to, uh, extra inning rule, and I love hockey when they do three and three overtime. You're adding extra excitement to the game and determining a winner in a quicker fashion, but in an exciting fashion. Think about it. Like, at this point, when games go to overtime or extra innings, we've sat through an entire game. So if you're going to keep it going, why not add extra intensity? Why not add more action to make it more enjoyable? I'll put it to you this way. When you go to a concert, whoever it is, whatever your favorite band, artist is to see in concert, when their show is over, right, and they come out and the crowd's going crazy, and then boom, there's an encore. Two, three, four songs for an encore. What do they play for the encore? They don't play the most boring songs uh, on the set list that they've ever come up with. They play the hits. The top two, three, four songs that are the most popular, that fans want to listen to, that fans want to hear. That's usually what's played at the encore. Really just a tremendous way to finish off the concert, get the fans buzzing, and put everyone in a great mood. So if encore, if concerts are playing the best stuff at the end, or the stuff people want to listen to at the end, why can't sports do the same thing? That's basically what these overtime and extra inning rules are. Encores. So I love it. Play the hits. Give the people what they want. Extra excitement. So I have no problem with both leagues artificially, if you will, adding extra excitement to the game to both speed it up, but in a fair way to make it enjoyable. Like, I'll ask you this. Because the biggest thing, a lot of baseball purists out there, more than any other sport, right? There's, there's more baseball purists who don't want the game touched from the 1920s than any other sport out there. Do we really enjoy 20-inning games? Do people really enjoy sitting there for five hours, for six hours, as it's midnight, as it's 1 a.m. here on the East Coast, watching an extra inning game? Because now we're going to the 18th inning, and now they're going to bring the left fielder into pitch. Who's even awake? Not many people are. So we're not missing out on much. So I have no problem. Baseball, boom. As soon as you get to the 10th inning right away, hey, we're going to put uh, players in tough spots here. We're going to make it tough. Pitchers, you're already in a precarious situation. Runner on second, no one out. Hockey, we're going to open up the ice. We're going to put only three players on there, way more space, way more two-on-ones, way more breakaways here. See who wins. It's exciting, but also fair because each team has an equal opportunity to win. The home team gets to hit with a runner on second and no one out. The away team gets to hit with a runner on second and no one out. Hockey, I mean, the only three players on the ice. Sure, some teams may have a skill advantage, but in terms of not touching the puck enough or, or one team having a distinct advantage, it's not the case. I mean, if you look at football here, I make the argument football is the least fair of any overtime. Because with the way offenses are working now, you score a touchdown and the game's over. You want a coin flip now. In theory, which I don't truly subscribe to this thought, but there's a lot of people who complain about it, that a coin flip determines the outcome of the game. Whoever wins gets the ball first. If you have Patrick Mahomes, if you have Tom Brady, if you have Deshaun Watson, if you have Russell Wilson, your team most likely will win more than not because you get the ball first and they can score a touchdown with the rules and the way the game is dictated. You could score a touchdown easier than ever. There's no coin flip. 
there's no luck of the draw, if you will, for baseball and hockey overtime. That's why, to me, I love it. So I know baseball fans love to complain about everything that baseball does, and I am there with them. But this is not one. A lot of people upset about the extra inning rules. At least I've seen on Twitter the last week now that baseball is in full swing. We've seen extra inning games happen again. I love it. To me, it's one of the best overtime structures that sports have. Just want to get that off my chest and, and put that out there. People love to complain. Speaking of which, that's what we'll do next. They debut of a brand new segment. Hopefully, we'll do it every single Thursday here. Grinding my gears. What is grinding your gears? I'll tell you what's grinding my gears. I have two things I want to discuss next. If you want to get on the action, Facebook Worldwide Sports, or you can comment on the live stream. Twitter, you can tweet us at WWSRN underscore radio. Tweet me directly at Ryan Hickey Show. Or if you go to either of those Twitter handles, there's a live stream right there. Um, a few tweets down. Comment on the live stream. What is grinding your gears? I got two things. Both public transit related that I'll tell you about next. It is the Ryan Hickey Show right here with you on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Welcome back Welcome to the back Ryan Hickey Ryan Show. Show right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back into the Ryan Hickey Show with you right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Go until 11 a.m. as we do every Monday and every Thursday right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Debuting a new segment. We're trying to have a little fun here on the Ryan Hickey Show. And hopefully this segment will be recurring. The goal is to do it every Thursday. I'm going to contribute. The goal is for you to contribute as well. Called Grinding My Gears. So if you want to get on the action, comment on Facebook, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can... Tweet me at Ryan Hickey Show. Tweet the show or, or tweet the uh, account at WWSRN underscore radio or comment on the live stream that's also on Twitter as well. What has been grinding your gears? What has been really just getting you upset? Is it coworkers? Is it working from home? Is it the weather? Whatever. We're here to kind of just have a vent session because really the last year since we've all been cooped up, you haven't really had much time to not only get out, but interact with other people, get whatever is bugging you off your chest. So we are here. The Ryan Hickey Show is here for you. You listen to the show. You're here for me. I appreciate that. I'm trying to be here for you and return the favor. So we're going to do this every Thursday, grinding my gears. I'll get us started. I got two things that really set me off here the last few weeks. And I'll get off my chest. And if you have any thoughts, we'll read them before we get out of here at 11 a.m. Eastern. So both have to do with public transit. So for those who don't know, we work at CBS Sports Radio, a radio station out there um, in New York City. I live on Long Island, so I take the train to work every day. I've been taking it since about October, November, um, getting back on the train, back on public transit. And I understand, obviously, the pandemic. A lot of us have been inside. We haven't really been out in public. A lot of people are still working from home every day. So I get that we haven't been around people. We kind of forget, and you kind of lose that common courtesy, if you will, when you're in public. But two things that I've noticed here that should just be more common sense than anything else that have not been. So on the train, I mean, you know, common courtesy, at least you, you think other people around People don't want to hear your conversations. People don't want to hear who you're talking to, what 
music you're listening to, what show you're watching, put headphones in. Super simple. Put headphones in. The last few weeks, like three different occasions, people are blasting the shows that they're watching without any headphones, blasting the music that they're listening to without any headphones, talking on the damn phone, talking on FaceTime, on speaker, without any headphones on. And it is, it is the most infuriating thing ever. Because I'm sitting there, I'm tripping up my headphones, I'm trying to be a, a, a good person here, you know? Mind my own business, I'm just trying to get to work and get back from work, that's all. Put the headphones in, watching the show, listen to a podcast, listen to music. I don't want to be bothered, I don't want to be bothering anyone else. And the last few weeks, I'm telling you, one guy on the train earlier this week talking on FaceTime with his friend, literally screaming, laughing, howling, screaming on the phone, talking to his friend on the train. And it's like, what the hell? And this is the worst part because I am very passive aggressive, almost to a fault, to the point where I've only gotten in one fight in my life. And I'm not even sure if you can call it a fight technically because no punches were thrown. So I'm not really an aggressive person. I'm not really someone who get in your face, instigate something, start a fight, and especially like on the train. What am I going to do? Am I really going to fight someone because they didn't have headphones in it? It sounds, it's infuriating in the moment, but it sounds dumb when you look back. It's like, yeah, got arrested or I got whatever, kicked off the train because I fought someone who didn't have headphones on. So I never know how to approach the situations. So usually my passive aggressive thing is kind of just give them the eyes like, you know, you can me here, maybe like give like a little, you know, hand like, what the hell are you doing? No one, of course, because people are oblivious anyway, no one gets the hint. So nothing ever gets done. So I did end up having to leave. I went to another car, kind of gets me annoyed because then the person wins, you know? You don't say anything. They don't learn their lesson. They just continue to do it time in and time out. So the listening to music, podcasts, shows, movies without any headphones is infuriating. Having people talk on the phone. 40 minutes, 50 minutes is infuriating. And I'll say this too. I work odd hours. This is also another thing. I work usually 2 to 10. So I'm on the train around, let's say, 1. And I'm on the train home around 10, 10.30 at night. I have learned because I have commuted at times during the, you know, back in the old days, if you will, during the normal commuting hours from 9 to 5 when, when everyone was taking the train and they'd be packed. People that talked on the phone during commuting hours, people that listen to music without headphones during the commuting hours, people are not shy. People would get in your face. People would yell at you. And you do have the backup of basically everyone else in the car doing the same thing because no one else is listening to music outside of one person. So this one person almost feels ostracized because it's one against like 100. But now when I take the train at odd hours, now when people are still mostly working from home, it's not that I'm outnumbered because usually there's still more people on the, you know, five or six, let's say, and Five, you know, four to the five people are doing the right thing, but one person, of course, always ruins everyone. It's still not the numbers advantage that you would get. People are spread out. So even if someone's two or three seats from me and they're doing something live, people's 20 seats away, you're not going to, you're not going to get involved too much. So it feels like I'm still on my own here, my, on my own now. That is one infuriating. Number two, speaking of the train, I don't know if this is just dumb luck. I don't know if this is now, again, people just don't care. Now that, you know, we've been away, we've been in our house, people, there's, even when you go out in public, there's not a lot of people around, so you can sort of, I guess, do what you want, because you're not bugging as many people in theory. But some people just don't care. Don't give an F. And I've witnessed that now twice as well in the last two weeks, also on the train, ironically. People smoking cigarettes inside, inside the train, 
inside the train waiting, like in Penn Station, in, in the corridor, if you will, that's all, you know, there's ceilings. There's no, it's not an open air thing. People are smoking. Last night, I'm walking home from the train. It is 1030 at night. Uh, you know, work is busy. As, as everyone knows, when you're long day at work, you're tired. You just want to get on the train and get home. And usually, especially Wednesdays, because I do the show early in the morning, I'm trying to do the finishing touches on the show, keep up to date with everything that's going on. So usually I'm a little frazzled, I'll say, trying to get prepared for the show this morning, just get on the train, make it, and not be bothered. And last night, as I'm walking through the corridor to get on the train, there are two guys, two idiots, smoking cigarettes literally right outside the train, blowing smoke into the train, blowing smoke out, but it's not going anywhere because it's a, a closed air situation. And I'm just like, what? Because those are the things, too, when you're, especially it's like, what the hell are you thinking? With talking the phone, it's not a crime. It's annoying. Don't get me wrong. It's a crime against common sense and public decency. But it's just like, I mean, oh, God. That, the cigarette smoke especially drives me crazy because it doesn't go anywhere. It smells awful. And all you're doing, you're not cool smoking cigarettes inside. And people are blowing smoke in the train. And this is because I walked right by him. And, of course, I gave him my most passive-aggressive thing you could possibly do. You give him the eyes. Look away. Give him the eyes again. Like, are you serious? Then as I'm walking by, I give him, like, the, the head, close the eyes, head shake down. Like, what the hell are you thinking? Who, I'm not going to go out there and take the cigarettes out of their hand. I'm not going to push them or, or try to punch them in the face or fight them. So it's almost like the most powerless feeling in the world, and that's what makes it even more infuriating. That you just look at these idiots. It's like, what the F are you doing? Why? Why? Do you really need to smoke a cigarette right now? Do you really need to do it inside? And also, these people... That's another thing. Penn Station, unfortunately, the homeless population has increased. There are people out there that are mentally sick. So it is a little – some people, because I actually had one person literally on the train in the train car when he was driving smoke a cigarette two weeks ago on a Friday nonetheless, and that was a whole incident. But there was some issues there. That's one thing. Still not excusable, but there's some issues. These guys are normal guys. Look like they just came out from, you know, from the bar after a night out or, or went to see your – not a show, but whatever. Doing something in the city. And you, just, you, you just want to fight them, honestly. You, you, I walked by and I was ready. Two guys there, I would probably got killed. I would probably would have got beat up if I tried to fight them. But I was just so enraged where you see what? It's worth it. Even if I do go down, if I, whatever, get a black guy, get beat up, get embarrassed, it's almost worth it because it's just more about the principle of sticking up for just like, what do you, like stupidity. Like, what are you doing? So that, oh man, that yesterday really kind of drove me nuts. Drove me crazy. And there's a cop also that walked by now. I don't want to be a tattletale, so I just, I walked, I, after I walked past these guys, there's a cop coming down towards them, but she was kind of veering off. I'm not going to wait, flag her down and say, hey, look, look at these guys over here. I hope she saw them. I hope she said something. But I'm not, I, like, it's, it's you're not going to be a tattletale. Like, I mean, you're 26 years old. I'm not going to be, you know, Hey, hey, look, these guys are smoking over there. Go, go get them. I'm just not that person. So passive aggressiveness doesn't really pay off. You give them the eyes. You give them the, what are you doing? Head nod of just like, you're serious. That's the most infuriating part. Other than that, I mean, people are tougher than me. So people, you know, handle business differently. I'm just telling you how I deal with it. And that's what really just drives me crazy. And then just sit there. Then I'm sitting on the train, pissed. I'm, I'm stewing. 
And then next thing you know, the train, you know, gets to my stop and I'm just the whole hour. I'm just lost of just pissed at these guys. So those, those are really grinding my gears. That is what's really driving me up a wall, driving me crazy here, making me just want to lose my mind. So if you have anything that's grinding your gears, hopefully that was enjoyable. And if you didn't want to vent yourself, hopefully this here in the event made it a little enjoyable, made it a little more entertaining on your Thursday morning. So the goal is we'll do this every single Thursday. Sports related sometimes. I did have a few, but I'll, I'll leave those out. Non-sports related sometimes. We'll just get whatever the hell is grinding your gears. We're here to hear you out. So do it every Thursday for the most part. Hopefully that was enjoyable. Hopefully you got to listen to it and uh, liked it. We'll try to make this a recurring segment going forward. So when we come back, in case you missed it, we started the show off talking about Aaron Rodgers and his future in Green Bay. Why well, I think it's the last year for Aaron Rodgers in a Packers uniform. We'll explain next. It is the Ryan Hickey Show right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Welcome back Welcome to the back Ryan Hickey, Hickey Show. Show. Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome on in to the Ryan Hickey Show. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We're here every Monday and Thursday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And if you've uh, been listening to us for the, uh, the entire show, thank you as well. Hopefully you enjoyed grinding my gears. A little new segment. Just a little avenue to vent about small things. You know, things that we're not going to really talk about too much. Sports-wise, non-sports-wise, life-wise, especially now is hopefully the world's gets closer and closer and closer to getting back to normal. There's a lot of those little things in life that just drive people, including myself, up a wall. And with no outlet to really vent my anger to, because I'm not going to text my friends about stupid things. Not many people are still commuting, so I'm still kind of one of the only ones experiencing it. Like in a vacuum, you feel a lot of people have been out now, you know, working from home for, what, a year? So you forget what the train life is like if you're a commuter. You forget like the small nuances that maybe your coworker does that bothers you, you're not going to talk about a lot of, because either you forget about it or no one's going to listen. That's why, you know, if you want to listen to me, I'll vent my frustrations. I'm here to listen to you if you want to vent yours. So every Thursday, we'll do grinding my gears here. Just talk about whatever the hell is bothering us. Sports-wise, you can be upset about your favorite team playing bad, a move that was made, whatever. Non-sports-wise, we'll mix it up. We'll have some fun here. That's the goal here. We're trying to have some fun. I'm trying to inject more fun into the show, into the listening experience, and hopefully small segments like that do that. So we'll do it again next Thursday. Hopefully it, it went well. We'll see how it goes. But in case you are just tuning in here, and again, welcome. Make sure to download the app WWSRN um, on iOS, Worldwide Sports Network, and Android. Like us on Facebook, Worldwide Sports Network. Follow us on Twitter, WWSRN underscore radio. Like us on YouTube, Worldwide Sports Network. As you can see, we're all over the digital platform here. Very easy to stay up to date, and we have a ton of shows, evenings, mornings, nights, days, weekends, weekdays. We're all over the place. Download the app, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You'll stay up to date with everything on the Worldwide Sports Network. So in case you are just joining us here, I do want to at least rehash what we talked about to start the show, and that's, to me at least, why I believe Aaron Rodgers, this will be his last year as a Green Bay Packer. They haven't restructured his contract. And we don't know if that's the Packers doing. We don't know if that's Aaron Rodgers is doing. Why it's significant, as you know, the cap is down this year. So less money for teams to spend. 
Patrick Mahomes has restructured his deal. Tom Brady has restructured his deal. Basically taking less money now, taking the money they're supposed to make, pay, uh, putting that in future years, and giving the team's current flexibility this year to sign players to make the team better. Where Aaron Rodgers, despite being the highest paid player on the team, despite other legitimate quarterbacks doing so, he has not restructured his deal. And that, to me, again, is telling and just another clue that this is going to be his last year in Green Bay. If the Packers, if they are ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers, they don't want to take money now, put it in future years, and that way when they trade Aaron Rodgers, if they have to cut Aaron Rodgers, we'll see what happens. But after this year, that means their cap hit will be even higher, and the dead cap hit of Aaron Rodgers' contract will be even higher next year if they take money this year and put it back there. So I think from a financial perspective, the Packers just want to keep the number as low as possible, and doing so, you don't restructure the deal this year. And Aaron Rodgers next year, um, I think he's trying to angle his way out of Green Bay. I think he's trying to do whatever he can to get out. And I think in doing so, if not restructuring his deal, gets him one step closer to leaving in 2020, I think he'll do it. And to me, it makes both. It makes sense, I should say, for both Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to split up after this year. For you, the Packers, don't forget, they trade up in 2020 to draft Jordan Love. You did so knowing what the reaction was going to be, knowing that a tough decision would have to be made eventually. And now with Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP in 2020, I think that was unexpected. The Packers did not see that coming. So now if you're the Packers, you roll with Aaron Rodgers in 2021. And when you look at Jordan Love and his future, he'll be in year number two. He didn't even dress last year in his rookie year. So now he'll probably be the backup in 2021. You got to figure out what Jordan Love is sooner rather than later. Remember, because he's taken the first round, the team has a fifth-year option they can extend to him. It's not cheap. The fifth-year option is not cheap. So you, after 2021, have three years if you extend that option to figure out what Jordan Love is like before his contract runs out and before you got to give him a second one. As we've seen from Jared Goff, as we've seen from Carson Wentz, doing and giving a, a quarterback a contract extension too early sometimes can be to your detriment. Sometimes can actually work against you, not with you. You don't see the full picture of the quarterback. And next thing you know, they struggle for a year or two. They either want to get traded, you want to trade them, and next thing you know, it's an ugly mess. So the Packers better be learning lessons and seeing what's going on here and saying, hmm, we don't want to be like the Rams. We don't want to be like the Eagles. We're paying a significant price from paying our quarterback too early here. You got to know what you have in Jordan Love. You got to know what kind of player he is. So that way, when the fifth-year option is over, you know he's a guy we want to build with. He, want, he is our future. Or if not, we got to pivot somewhere else. And how do you find out? There's only one way you find out, playing the guy. To me, you got to get as many snaps, as many reps as possible to see what you have. So playing Aaron Rodgers this year in 2021, having him be the starter one last year, trying to win one last Super Bowl in Green Bay to try to get number two. Works for this year. But you got to figure out who is going to be, or, or what you have, I should say, in your quarterback going forward. You'll have one year in year number three before the fifth-year option kicks in and, um, and figure out what Jordan Love is. So to me, you get him on the field, give him three years of play, and figure out what you have. So that's why, from the Packers' perspective, it makes the most sense to have one more year of Rodgers, then transition to Jordan Love. And for Aaron Rodgers, it makes sense for this to be your last year in Green Bay. Think about it. Now, for, for the last two years, his future has been uncertain. He's been getting jerked around, and it's basically been a year-by-year -year thing with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. When he, when he 
when the Packers trade up to draft Jordan Love, big surprise, no one saw it coming. After this 2020 season, what did Aaron Rodgers say in the postgame press conference after the loss to the Buccaneers? My future is a beautiful mystery. I don't know what's out of my control. That's not him saying he doesn't know what he wants to do. That's him saying, I don't know what the hell the Packers are doing. I'm not going to be held hostage by them. And that's really, truly, if he continues to play in Green Bay, that's what it's going to become. Because every year longer he gets to play in Green Bay, the less they see a Jordan Love, and the more questions now, year in and year out, will be, when is Jordan Love going to play? So if you're Aaron Rodgers, do you really, for all you've accomplished in your career, for all that you've done for the Packers, for how good you still are right now, do you really want to be going year in and year out answering the same questions about Jordan Love? Hey, when's Jordan Love going to play? What have you seen from him so far in practice? When do you think he's going to be the guy? I don't think Matt LaFleur wants to answer those questions. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to answer those questions. And so to me, it makes the most sense for them to, to divorce after the 2021 season. Aaron Rodgers saw how Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, saw how they treated him, saw how they went all in on him to win a Super Bowl, and it worked. The Aaron Rodgers with a straight face can't say that the Green Bay Packers have gone all in on him the last two years. Because after the 2019 season, which would go to the NFC title game, lose to the 49ers, you had a few holes to shore up. Number two wide receiver was legit. It was a legitimate concern. And also, um, the run defense was a legitimate concern. Two areas that I think if you shored up, you'd be in a lot better spot in 2020 than they were. But instead, they drafted a quarterback and a running back, arguably two of the most sure positions on the team. So they already started to think about the future, despite the fact that the present being so close to a Super Bowl. And now, after another season which they got so close, lost in the NFC title game, they brought back Aaron Jones, which was a surprise. They didn't add any extra receivers. They didn't do much defensively. And now you're basically rolling with the same team in 2021 that you did in 2020, that you did in 2019. As we know, that, that those two teams fell short of the Super Bowl. And I don't think now you can Aaron Rodgers can sit there and say, you know what? Despite the fact that the Packers last year drafted for the future, despite the fact that we still haven't had many moves to put us over the top in the NFC, despite the fact that the Buccaneers continue to re-sign their guys to just get better, we haven't done that. So I don't think Rodgers can sit there and say, this team has gone all in for me, but that's what he wants. And there are plenty of teams out there next year that are quarterback and needy that will go all in for a guy like Aaron Rodgers to put whatever he needs around him to succeed. I think it makes the most sense for Aaron Rodgers not to get jerked around and go year by year. It's, to me, flat out embarrassing. That a quarterback of that stature is going to be, his future is going to be in question every single year for the team that drafted him, for the team that he had all success with. So if you're Rodgers, you want to be the breaker-upper with, not the one broken up with, I think that's what's going to happen. I think the divorce is imminent. And I think next year, Aaron Rodgers will be in a new uniform. 2021, he'll be in Green Bay. 2022, he'll be elsewhere. So we're going to end the show just a tiny bit early. My apologies here. It's got some work things I do have to take care of that just came up, unfortunately. So I will leave you with that. Enjoy your week. It is a gorgeous. I'm looking at sorry, the masses are on. It is a gorgeous day. Spring is in the air. Baseball is back. The greatest golf tournament of the year is back. Enjoy the spring weekend. Have a great, fun, safe, healthy weekend. And we'll talk to you on Monday, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio.